Welcome back to Who the Hell is This For? Today we are talking about the rise of Skywalker. And it's going to be a fun episode because this movie is hotly debated right now. And there are the hottest of takes. And uh, yeah, so we're, we're excited to get to talk about this one. So get excited. I'm very excited. I'm as excited as Palpatine was before he uh, somehow sired this next line, which is never mentioned before, ever at any point. By the way, yeah, um, there will be spoilers in this episode. Uh, it's been out <laughs> for two weeks, and by the time this episode comes out... May have been out for two months. <laughs> yeah. It, it's out on 4K. <laughs> yeah. Home release. <laughs> I do like... That is how it worked out with our Lighthouse episode, and so I think that was totally planned. Wait, Lighthouse is out, is out on home release now? Yep. Is it? Mm-hmm. As of last weekend. Just digital, or... I think just okay. digital, at least as far as I've that seen. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. All right. So since there is so much for us to talk about with this movie, instead of spending a bunch of time on what we've been watching and doing our normal intro, uh, we're just going to pick one thing and then kind of dive right into the uh, to the review. So who wants to go first? Uh, I'll, I'll start because mine's Star Wars related. Um, the past, well, let's see, I guess week. Yeah. Well, eight days. Uh, Caitlin and I have been watching through Star Wars. We started with episode one uh, and then finished it off just yesterday with going to see this movie. So we watched one movie every night and finished the saga yesterday. That's some pretty serious commitment. Oh, yeah. It was a lot of Star Wars. (laughs) But what a ride. Yeah. I mean, who can really complain about getting that much Star Wars? More Star Wars is never a bad thing, mm-hmm. at least in my Absolutely. Opinion. I finally finished Marriage Story. Um, I had started part of it and then restarted it this week. And I think that's in my top three for the year. Um, it's really, really good. It's not maybe the kind of movie that I would normally watch, um, but it's it was amazing, and I think everybody, all the praise for it is well-deserved. I, As I've said, I would like to watch it, but I feel like it's just going to be real sad, and I don't, I don't need that. Yeah. It's emotionally taxing, but I, I think you can watch it for the performances and be impressed, for sure. Yeah. And the Scar, and the scar Joe white, girl, white person dancing. <laughs> yeah, have you seen those memes where it's like she's dancing in like a Cialis commercial? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so how about you? I'm trying to think of movies. I did watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again, uh, but that's something I've already covered. So instead, I'm going to talk about The Witcher, uh, which is... You know, it's had middling reviews and some mixed reviews, but I'm really digging it. I know, Jeff, you've been watching it, too. Um, so I I think it's been a really fun show. I would probably pot it similar to The Mandalorian. And just I'm, I'm having a great time with it. It's a nice, weird fantasy show. And uh, Henry Cavill is just a brick shit house of a man and <laughs> incredibly sure handsome. Apparently, they had to keep replacing his armor his leather armor because he kept wearing through it because his muscles were too large. Oh man. What a problem. (laughs) Yeah. That also happens to me. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love an audio medium. Right. Um, all right. Do we want to get into a little bit of star Wars today? I think we should. I can't wait to hear these rotten reviews. Oh yeah. Let's, 
We could probably just pull up some tweets. <laughs> uh, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, also known as Star Wars Episode Nine, uh, so also known as Star Wars Return of the Jedi Part Two, uh, has a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes uh, and an audience score of 86%, which I think is pretty accurate because critically this one is pretty widely panned. Uh, but, you know, fans, uh, we love... We love nostalgia and uh, cool, hey, I know that guy moment. So I think, of course, we're always going to like this one. I'm trying to look for good tweets. I've, and I've got some rotten reviews pulled up. One Let's of them, it. so, and a lot of these, the problem is, like, they're all, like, they're not funny. They're just accurate. But one <laughs> of them is uh, from Bob Grimm at the Tucson Weekly. Oh, okay. They were just making things up as they went along. <laughs> one out of five <laughs> and I think honestly I think that's just the best one we're going to get to kind of sum up everything with this sequel trilogy um, yeah and I think so we can go ahead and just run right into it because you don't need a plot synopsis for this because if you're going to have seen it you've seen it by now and yeah. I don't want the task of trying to figure out a plot synopsis for at least the first 45 minutes of the movie. Oh. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have to write those anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Riley's book reports. It'd be like 10 pages just jumping between events. <laughs> so let's start with what this movie did well. Um, I thought there were some honestly brilliant moments. Um, and I'm not going to say the cinematography was good the whole time because I have a couple scenes that I just don't understand. But there were some scenes that I thought were really, really cool. Um, I liked the like Sith homeworld. Um, I don't know why it needs to be so big if Palpatine's like really the only person in it. Um, but uh, did you not uh, see the stadium full of people? <laughs> yeah, but those people are like just manifestations of Palpatine, right? They're not real. But are, are they? Real people? I thought, see, we don't know. I thought they were Sith loyalists. They were like the people that were working on the Snoke clones. So they're just his employees. They're not loyalists. <laughs> well, I don't know. Right? You can be a loyalist and work. can be employees. I mean, look, yeah. at, the, look at China. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> the podcast is now never going to get played in China. Oh, man. <laughs> we have been banned from Chinese airwaves. Um, no, I, I was, Pirate radio. It's a, fair, it's a fair question of whether or not they're real people or not, but it, it just seemed to me like Palpatine was like Elon Musk, and then everybody else is all the Tesla workers who like can't really say they don't like him. Um, <laughs> that's kind of the vibe that I got. It's sort of like I don't a know. I would say I'd say Palpatine. Encouraged, I'd say Palpatine. Highly more, encouraged for you to show up. Oh goddamn it! <laughs> <laughs> I'd say Palpatine was more <laughs> Jeff Bezos. If we're gonna pick well, a CEO villain. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. What were some of the other stuff that went well? Um. I. Here's the deal. I don't know if I agree with some of the decisions of where the plot went with mm-hmm. this, but I think once you made those decisions with a couple of caveats, I actually liked how they executed them. Um. Like if so, I don't really like the choice to make Ray a Palpatine, right? But if you're gonna make her a Palpatine, I I didn't hate the way that it was portrayed other than the final the execution kill. was good that's what i'm saying none of this was probably necessary and i agree with that it it kind of shits well, on a lot of the established lore but 
I mean, they executed it well once the decision was made. Right. That's what I'm saying. This is one that could go in both categories, really, because it's like Mm -hmm. you definitely got the vibe, like, because there was, they're building up the whole time to, like, Ray is no one. It's Ray nobody. And it's like they got to this one and they drew a name out of the hat and then wrote the script. It's going to be Ray and it could have been a Kenobi. It could have been. God, it could have been a Kenobi. Ray, Ray, Ray Fett. The bounty hunter, <laughs> Rango so Fett. L- let me ask you guys this: Do you think it's hard to say there was any any real foresight, right, in the creation of these last three? Absolutely, it, nothing was planned. They were not made by the same person, and so there was not really a lot of storyboarding that happened over the three. And I don't know if there was storyboarding that happened over the the original three. I assume there was storyboarding that happened over the three prequels yes and no for a lot of that um okay an example that's gotten thrown out pretty recently uh that i really like is people are like you know and i'm one of those people i'm like yeah you know nothing's been planned out for the sequel trilogy a lot of the original trilogy wasn't either because of the luke and leia kiss and now vader is luke's dad and now leia is also vader's (laughs) daughter um and so they definitely did not plan all of that romantic tension and then to just pay it off instead for her to be Luke's sister. Um, that was definitely just kind of a fly-by-the-seat-of-the-pants move. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say it was it was more cohesive than the uh, sequel trilogy ended yeah. up being. And who knows, like, a couple decades from now, maybe we revisit it and it all seems to work pretty well together. I definitely, yeah, think, I definitely think this is one, just from seeing it the second time, I thought the second time watching this movie, it was way better because you don't have to sit there and process what you're watching through the first time, which makes the pacing so hard, like so bad. Because um, yep. you're sitting Absolutely. there like trying to think of what's happening and then it jumps. But since you, when you go the second time, you're sitting there and you know what's going on. So you can just sit and, I don't know, just kind of absorb everything and you know what's happening. It's So I think it'll age really well. Um, mm-hmm. I think time will be very forgiving to this one. I think I think the other thing about this sequel trilogy is is while it doesn't make a lot of sense from like a plot standpoint, uh, definitely like together, right? I think that um, hopefully, who knows? I mean, thirty years from now, CGI and stuff like that might be so much better that we look back at this and laugh. But it's already like it already like works from a visual standpoint. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing that's really like confusing with the war with the prequels, right? Where you like watch mm-hmm. stuff happen, and you're like. You know what I mean? There's no... I get that it's science fiction, so there's a ton of suspension of disbelief anyways, but, like, I think it's harder in the prequels to do that, where this one, I think, at least looks really good. Right. And I think will hold up that way a lot better, which will make it, I think, a lot easier to just casually watch, right, than Mm -hmm. some of the earlier ones where you kind of have to have, like, more of a history with it in order to enjoy it type of thing. Plus, they future-proof themselves with a few things in this movie, which... and. Uh, I, it's no secret, I've talked about it time and time again, I love practical effects. They went back to a lot more practical effects and puppetry in this movie, and that looks really, really good. And I think that's going to help this movie stay looking good when you go back and rewatch it five, ten years down the road. Yeah, definitely. So I have a question on uh, on plot. Um, <laughs> which, which you think, keep keep so, in mind, on what this did well. Right. Well, this is more of a macro thing, right? So I think we are... We are all on board with we're we're all pretty fond of Last Jedi. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. So what I was thinking when I was kind of prepping for this was 
Um, I think it'd be really interesting to see a complete J.J. Abrams trilogy and a complete Ryan Johnson trilogy and, like, kind of let them both cook a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, kind of a fan of J.J. Um, I did feel like there were parts of both one and three that made me feel like I was watching a Star Trek movie. You know what I mean? Like, they just felt like they were filmed mm-hmm. in a very yeah. similar way. There's a lot of, like, kind of jumpy cam work, which is the stuff that didn't work for me. And then there was, like, in 3, I thought there was more of a blending between, like, Ryan Johnson's um, camera style and some of the stark colors and stuff that he did mm-hmm. in 2 versus 1. Like, I don't remember anything visually about number 1, really, um, being that stark. No, number 1, and really, number 7, come on. Uh, number seven was very it was very clean and all like it all looked fine there were a few shots that stood out but all of it it was slick and it was cool looking but nothing really that well it was just which i think it was just played they just played it as safe as they could for seven exactly and i think i'll bring that up a little later i think that visual style is a very representative of jj's storytelling approach as a whole um, and I'll bring that up in a later segment of the podcast because it certainly does not go here. <laughs> what else did you guys like about this movie? We had some of our best character interactions uh, in the sequel trilogy. Um, all the all of the time when Poe, Finn, and Ray were on screen together was perfect. And that, that was the really fitting characterization uh, that we've kind of been wanting to see from them this whole time. And I... It's the most, it's the most natural any of their interactions have felt, and they feel like, you know, friends and like uh, Finn and Ray, Poe and Ray butting heads. Fantastic! Like that's some mm-hmm. of the best writing in this movie. Agreed. Um, I really like. I don't know if people thought it was was jokey or not, but I really actually like what um, Last Jedi and this one did with the the Ray and Kylo, um, like mind bond thing. Oh yeah. Now there's like, there's a thing at the end that they call it, that Palpatine calls it, which is a, a dyad. Is that right? Well, I think, I think Ben, Ben, Ben calls it that also earlier in the movie. Oh, it was early. Okay. 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 So I like the, I like the cutting that they did where they like can see each other and like can kind of talk to each other type of thing. I thought that was really cool. And that was like an expansion of the force that has never I mean, kind of, but it's never really been explored where it's like an active conversation like that. Mm -hmm. And so I really like that they they kept that from Last Jedi. Um, And then did they do some of it in Force Awakens too? I don't believe so. So that was something introduced by Ryan in uh, Last Jedi. I'm really glad they kept it. Yeah. I think the nature of the Force, that's one of the coolest things about Star Wars as a whole. And instead of trying to understand it like we got in the prequel trilogy, um, we now understand less about it in the sequel trilogy, but we know more of what it can do and know more of what the Force is while having it less pinned down to a quote-unquote science. Yeah. Um, this might be a thing of what it didn't do well. What did you guys think about, like, basically Ray paying to get to all the way to the top of the skill set tree like <laughs> like whatever the currency was in game like just paid to have ray going full dragon right. ball z yeah yeah um there was some stuff that was cool but then i was like wait you can do that with the force you know what i mean mm-hmm. um i think like both she and kylo ren are just holding a spaceship from like in the middle of the air like from taking off H- has that i mean aside from like 
Yoda lifting it out of the swamp and stuff like that. Have they, has anybody ever hold, held an entire spaceship with the Force like that? Uh, in game, in video games, um, in Force, okay. in Force Nine Unleashed, canon or live action. <laughs> Sorry, no, you're good. In Force Unleashed, you bring down a whole Death Star, or not a Death Star, a what? Star Destroyer. Star Destroyer. Yeah, with the Force. Yeah, just okay. pull it right out of the sky. I mean, Interesting. it's it's a cool it's cool. Yeah, I mean, in like the books and stuff, you hear stuff about that. So I don't think it's like. I, the one thing I didn't like about that part, I don't mind that she all her powers like elevated a million times, like she was training in hundred times gravity. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that she, that like when they, I don't know the way she acted it out. It didn't like she just kind of stuck her hand out there and didn't like strain until it was against her and Kylo. Like they both, I don't know. It mm-hmm. seems like that would be a two-handed force job. <laughs> <laughs> you have to pay extra for that. <laughs> uh, oh, no. and I, I have my own set of problems with that scene but I'm, I'm going to hold off on that I think what this movie does do well is the way it expands what the force can do and just gets real weird with it and I, I hope we get more of that I hope we get Ryan Johnson's trilogy that we were told we would be getting back before Last Jedi came out and I hope the shitty fan reaction has not and we'll touch on that a little bit too later. I hope that has not taken away Ryan Johnson's trilogy, but I expect, kind of from what I've heard, it would be much older in the timeline and unrelated to any of the Skywalker shit and get real weird with it, with the Force. I hope maybe like the Jedi Sith Wars would be really cool. That would be Like great. what the older public games are about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like other weird shit that for like with the Force, like the uh, stopping the lightsabers with the Force was really cool. Loved it. Loved yeah. seeing that. Yeah. Because, like, why would we have not seen that before? Like, it only, that's one that just makes sense, and it's like, oh, we just kind of forgot to make this a thing people could do until now. But Same, I, I loved that. They also did, it was pretty quick, but, like, when, um, at the, tour, at like, the climax of the movie when Ray and Ben are fighting their own little groups of people, they're both, like, deflecting mm-hmm. bullets with the Force, which we don't see much of. I mean, we see it in Empire, and we see it in Force Awakens. Yeah, Kylo stops the mm-hmm. pose bullet. The the bolt. But right I'm pretty sure I saw Ray at one point like redirect one, like not she just does. push she it away, but she like one yeah, and, and like throws it, it around a the circle. Direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought that yeah. was cool. Um, something else I thought this did well, Tyler. Going back to what you said about the characters, um, I really liked like our new characters we got, and to tie into that, I also like. I thought C-3PO was really good in this one. Yeah. But then obviously we have our golden boy, uh, Babu Frick, <laughs> who stole the show. Um, I liked, uh, what was her name? Zori. I thought she was cool. Zori Bliss. I, I hope, hopefully we get some kind of expanded story with her through books or comics or something. Because um, I feel like that's some, like there's a lot of story they just left to interpretation mm-hmm. um who else did we get uh, uh janna uh, janna and the whole group of uh first order deserters mm-hmm. i think that'd be a cool story but yeah i liked all the new choices um obviously there's some backlash because they got all these new ones and kind of just threw rose tico to the side <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and that's that's coming up yeah all right well um you had mentioned the the relationships and stuff. I thought that this was the most interesting that Poe had ever been. Absolutely. Um, and you know what I mean? Like I thought his his arc in 
Last Jedi wasn't my favorite, but I get like what it did, and I, I get why people like it. Um, this just seemed like like every beat for him in this movie was like like really fit mm-hmm. um, and really worked, and it really did get to have some of the old like Han feel to it. Um, so I don't know. I really like what they did there. The Finn stuff. I don't know. I'm not sure I like Finn I, the character yeah, I don't like Finn. through any of the movies. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So I don't know, but I don't know really what you would have done Finn, differently with him. But Finn worked in the group. Yeah, I would say movie. the thing that that's one thing that was hurt by the Ryan Johnson stepping in the middle. I think if you have a three movie, a three JJ movie arc, I think where Finn started and where he could have finished would have been a lot better. But like, because he had this, he kind of started, I don't know, in the middle, and then his character dipped down, and then he was back up. Just, so I disagree with that. Because I think Finn was the most interesting in Last Jedi because at the beginning he was a guy who didn't give a shit except for getting out of there and finding Rey because she was his friend. Not because Rey is important to this cause. But what Finn learns and what the Canto Bite story does that everybody always shits on, it makes Finn have a cause and makes Finn have a stake and want to pick a side in this whole cosmic war. And it... it, makes him move from somebody kind of running for their life and trying to get away from it to actually caring about a cause. Does he not care about it at the end of Force Awakens? It's hard to say. We I don't think we're given enough to work with, but the way we're presented with him in the beginning of Last Jedi is that he doesn't really care. He just wants to get the fuck away from the Force Awakens or um in the Force Awakens get the fuck away from the First Order and um, you know, go grab Ray and get out of there. Yeah. I saw, I saw something on Twitter, which I thought was really interesting. And it was like, um, I really wish they would have just really delved into what it was like to be like taken from your home and forced into like being a stormtrooper, Right. And they said they did it in one and they did it in three, but I don't remember that really being an element of what they did in two. Right. Like other than he's like, he knows where to go on the ship, right. To, try to blow it or was he trying to you know what i mean like yeah, they're trying to do some take stuff down the Jedi. tracker yeah there we mm-hmm. go so uh, like i thought that was interesting but they didn't really explore the idea of like it, it seems like they explore an idea in one and three that they didn't explore in two and it would have been nice if there was just a threat like a similar thread through all the way so i get what yeah. you're saying about the canto bite story but i don't feel like his journey in two and his journey in three are really that connected which no, is probably more cohesive. a sim- yeah, it's more a symptom of, I get, you know, the two different directors in the movies retconning each other type of thing. But um, that, I think, because of that, what happened to him in 3 just didn't really work for me because it just didn't really, none of it really fit together. Well, and the best the, the best metaphor for that is uh, Kylo's helmet. You know, he has the helmet yes. in 1, it gets destroyed in 2, and then he brings it back in 3. Yeah. Oh, man. Which, uh, apparently rumored to have done that because they did a bunch of reshoots and they couldn't get driver to come back for it due oh, really? to either not wanting to or scheduling stuff um but that's that's rumored not not confirmed i don't know it doesn't seem like something he wouldn't want to do yeah <clears throat> very sometimes, easily could have just been scheduling too sometimes i wonder if we know too much about how movies are made that like stuff like that you know it gets ruined where you like watch that mm. scene you're like oh shit that's not even adam driver you know what take I mean? me like, back to uh, take me back to where we could see a train on the screen and everyone would get the vapors. 
Oh, man. Um, oh, my. Anything else that we want to talk about that worked well before we get into what we didn't like? I mean, it was it, the fan service. Like, as heavy-handed as some of it was, and some of it definitely eschewed actual plot points in sake of being fan servicey and, you know, giving you that slop, but there's a lot of... There are a lot of moments in here that just really... Like, they may not have been earned in some places, but they... They felt like Star Wars, and they made you think of Star Wars. And for people who have watched this their entire lives and had this sil- this series, almost said syllogy, uh, this series in their life for literally their entire lives, they they see these scenes, and it just it helps emotionally bring all of this to a close, whether or not it's earned within this single movie. Because so Riley can attest to this, the the end scene. When uh, Ray goes to Tatooine, which narratively doesn't really make sense, but still, whatever. We got the shot of her landing. As soon as uh, they landed, or she landed on Tatooine, and you saw the sand crawler, I was immediately in tears. Just because, like, I, I was like, I know where we're going, I know what's happening here. And then they showed the Lars homestead, and, like, everything just got blown over in sand. And then we got the binary sunset. And I just, like, sat there through the credits and just was like sitting there crying because I just I I love Star Wars and it's always been something that I've loved and regardless of whether or not this movie narratively earned the payoff it gave us at the end we still we still got an ending to this story that emotionally kind of gave gave you the feeling like okay like we're closing the book on this one it's all wrapped up and Here's my thing. Do you think they really wrapped it up? Do you think no, 15 years down the road not. they're definitely going to bring it back up again? I I don't know where they go from here. I do hope they're done with the Skywalker saga. I imagine they're going to find a way to bring it back. I wouldn't be mad if we got something way, way in the future of Star Wars that's totally uncharted territory in all of our previous canon and legends, stuff that we haven't touched on before, and... Everything that happened in the Skywalker saga is a myth, a legend, a thing that people are like vaguely aware of, but have no real idea of what happened with all this. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how Seven started. Yeah. Um, but as Harrison Ford has proved twice now in this franchise, anyone will come back <laughs> for a certain amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> I I liked Harrison Ford coming back in this one. Oh, I definitely did. Oh, I thought that was really I thought good. it worked. Yeah. I thought it worked. I thought using the same dialogue from Force Awakens where Ben kills Han was perfect. And I I like that they beat you over the head with he is not a force ghost, this is a memory. <laughs> um, but uh, Well he wasn't blue. Yeah. Exactly. I I loved that we got that. I love that we got to see Luke lift the T sixty five out of the water finally. Oh, I just wished Yoda would have popped up next to him. Yeah, I wanted Yoda to be there when that happened. Yeah, not for the whole scene, but definitely like just pop up as it the music right there climaxes, mm-hmm. and have him pop up we, and then, we like even, those two look at each other. Yeah, we even got Yoda's theme. Like, yeah, just give me a little hint of Yoda there. You don't even have to fully show him; just have him just laugh. Mm-hmm. Just show like an ear sticking out of the corner of the screen. <laughs> I did like that they <laughs> standing on they top had... of the X-wing. <laughs> Speaking of Yoda's voice, I did like the moment um, 
in Ex- is it Exegol? Exegol, yeah. Is that yeah? Exegol. I definitely thought they were saying it like Exegol, like popsicle, just with an X on it. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, when they're when they're there in is it Palpatine talking to is it to Kylo or to Ray where he's doing all the different voices? That's to uh, Kylo, Kylo at the beginning. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Like I, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like I thought that was cool that you heard all the different voices, and then I think at the end you hear all the different Jedi voices. Yeah. Right. Um, I picked up Samuel L. Jackson for a little bit. You know what I mean? So I yeah. thought that was, oh, that was get cool. the fuck that, up, that motherfucker. Really, <laughs> that really did feel like a like that to me felt very bookendish. You know what I mean? Of pulling yeah. in all nine films and people from all nine films. Like I thought that was really cool. I wish visually we had gotten a tribute to Hayden, just because I think he's been so unfairly shit on um, by the fandom, and I, he. Hayden is still Star Wars to me. Like, so much of the prequels, all the stuff that people hate, like, I just love it. I love Star Wars. Well, think man. how, I mean, think how many people know his, him, his and Obi-Wan's speech at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Like, there's yeah. almost, there's a huge majority of Star Wars fans that could recite that whole interaction. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think, I don't know, now we're kind of in no man's land of what, yeah, we're- um, but. <laughs> To bring like to bring in Hayden, I thought maybe, I don't know. This is just my opinion. I think would have been cool is when you have that scene at the end with the sunset. Mm-hmm. Since it is a Skywalker thing, have all of them there. Have Ben, yeah, Leia, Luke, and Hayden. You should have had. You should have had all of them. Yeah, I think that would have been cool. That would have. It would have just made more sense for her to just be like, "I'm a Skywalker. Sup," mm-hmm. and not just the Luke and Leia. I don't know. I yeah yeah. I wanted more. I did like that we got we got Ahsoka. We got yep. a bunch of other stuff like in here. Which, by the way, holy shit! I'm not gonna dive into it very much, but the season finale of Mandalorian, the ending, does a thing that I never thought we would see in live action. Well, hold on. Now I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! From uh, never Rebels. thought we yeah yeah and Clone Wars. It's originally is it in Clone Wars? Wars? Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it is. It is because I looked it up and you can see who owns said thing. Yeah, I never expected to see that in live action, and that is cool as fuck to me. Uh, sorry. So back back on track. All right. Is it time to get into what what did not work well? Let's do it. All right. I'm ready to defend. And like, there's a lot I do want to defend with this movie, but there are there are so many things, and I think the biggest issue comes back to JJ and Disney caved to the toxic fan approach or toxic fan culture that complained about Last Jedi, that ran Kelly Marie Tran off of social media, that is still daily in every single one of Ryan Johnson's tweets, just harassing him about Star Wars, and they they caved by not picking up any of these threads that were laid and allowing this to be a cohesive trilogy and we just we we tried to retcon everything we made rose stay and do fucking paperwork and had a line about it where they invite her to go on an adventure she's like no i'm gonna stay here this is my choice this is not your choice rose like there's there's a lot of problems with that kind of stuff and that I lo- I liked this movie and I liked what I got, but it has an air of just grossness to it because they caved to that pressure. Yeah, I would agree. I also think there's, 
like do you think Ryan was going the direction of having Ray and Kylo being romantically involved in two? Because it I seems think like so. the Kylo Ren like and and Ray shippers like that like they definitely got their yeah I think yeah I think Raylo was going to be a thing yeah for both guys um and I think had they I don't, it could have been handled better if they had picked up those threads late in Last Jedi. So which ones do you think would have made that specific relationship different? I don't know. I think it just, like, Ben's redemption was too quick. And yeah. it made, I don't know, it, it made the kiss feel like it was just in there to be in there. And then also with Ray being a Palpatine, there's some weirdness there too because now we might have, like, a John and Danny situation going on. Uh since and I mean it's never been confirmed that Palpatine fathered quote unquote Anakin through the Force, but it's a lot of strong evidence that he created Anakin. Right. And so you've just got this whole incestuous rat king of a family dynamic going right. on. So it it just didn't feel super earned, and I think that's one of my biggest complaints with just a lot of the movie in general. We got a lot of stuff we wanted, it just wasn't earned. Uh, kind of like season eight of Thrones. Yep. Yeah, it didn't yeah, make totally. sense how we yeah. got there. Season 8 of Game of Thrones, <laughs> terrible. Certified. <laughs> so I think the, the Ray being Palpatine stuff, right, which is what we talked about in What Works Well and What Doesn't, is once you once they made the choice to do it, I thought the way they enacted it worked. But there's, there's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie, and I think the Palpatine one is one of them, where they bring up an idea in the movie and then immediately subvert the idea or immediately, like, loophole their own idea and it's not even that they're like retconning stuff from last jedi it's just that they're just like pretending that what they said doesn't matter right which Mm -hmm. is like so there's like there's like four or five of them in this movie right so they have chewie dying just kidding Uh, he's not actually dead that's that's bad well you on second watch you do see the other transport you do yeah yeah but but it's so it's an element so it's it's an uh, an example of what I'm talking about, though, right? Which is the the Ryan Johnson stuff was it subverted your expectations about Star Wars as a whole, and there were some of like the humor that subverted your expectations. But this was more like pretending an emotional beat happened, and then the beat just didn't happen. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So like Chewie's supposed to be dead, and there's not really any time for you to even think that it's real, right? Like I think like five minutes later you find out he's not actually dead. Mm-hmm. Um, there's C3PO who they're like, we're going to wipe your memory, but R2 has backups. Oh, we don't know if it'll work. And you're like, in that moment, you're like, they're definitely going to give him his memory back, right? Like, there's no yeah. chance that he's actually wiped out or dead. There's, um, what's the third one? Um, there's, oh, there's the Palpatine thing of, if you kill me, my spirit will go into you. And then mm-hmm. Ray, like, I don't know if it's supposed to be that she's reflecting the lightning back at him. And that's why it doesn't count as her killing him. Is that right? You know, but like, but like, that's sure. the thing that you know, that's the thing that gets brought up, and it's like, oh, it was my plan for you to kill me, and then he kills her, <laughs> but his spirit, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. like, the whole time I'm thinking, and like, also his, oh, well, sorry, his original plan was to have Ben kill Ray and then use yeah. her body, or I don't know, I, yeah, well, and then force, very force, force lightning as a whole and reflecting it as I was watching through him this week has a different weight to it every time absolutely and it just none of it makes like sometimes it goes back to the other person sometimes it doesn't 
but sometimes it's really hard to deflect and sometimes it's not at all. And that's something that hasn't been uh, constant in any of the movies. So there was one more that I'm trying to think of. Um, Oh, it was Finn has something to tell Ray and then he just never tells Ray what it is. Yeah, that's on Jay. By the way, you, what really pissed me off about that, that is? Yeah. What was it supposed to be? Does that he's, that he has the force. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That was because, it? Well, no, that's what pissed me off about it is they left that hanging, like you said, and then JJ came out and said that maybe a week after the movie came out. He was at some, he's like, he was at some conference <laughs> thing, and they asked him, and he said that he was going to tell Ray that he was force-sensitive. Yeah, so like, oh my god, just put it in the movie. <laughs> yeah, just put it in yeah. the movie. I mean, they, well, they, they hint at like, it enough that you, uh, you the viewer, can figure it out. But yeah, him not actually telling her that. So, do we? Is there anything in the previous two movies? Because I, I watched a little bit of Less Jedi before we went and saw the new one, but not like the whole thing. I didn't watch Force Awakens. So, is there any hint in any of those that he so, is more sensitive? Yeah. yeah, when he so like. The big hint was him breaking the brainwashing at the beginning. And then Kylo comes oh. off of his ship and, like, stops and looks over at Finn. And then also, when they're trying to figure out who didn't shoot or whatever, or who helped Poe escape, Kylo's like, FN-2187, the one from the village. And that's mm-hmm. kind of all we got in that one. I guess that's more what I mean, Tyler, what we were talking about earlier in terms of Finn's arc. Not that I disagree with what you're saying in terms of Last mm-hmm. Jedi, but like in terms of him being a force sensitive, they like st- like kind of plant the seeds in the first one, and then don't touch on it in eight, and then really start to develop it in nine. Yeah, I mean Finn fighting Kylo at the end of Force Awakens is a hint that like he's not great at it, but it's there. See, and I think that's the. I have no problem with movies being like, you know, you have to you have to dig for it, you have to understand, you know, you have to process. Mm-hmm. But it's hard in a movie like this, which spoon feeds you so much stuff. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you you have to kind of be consistent, right? So, like, what your your audience is supposed to know and understand versus what they're supposed to figure out. And if you if you see a movie that's like does spoon feed you a lot of information, you kind of expect all of it to to be like that. Yeah. And so I don't know if it really works to. Yeah, because then it does create, a lot of stuff you have. It does create those questions like, well, why didn't he ever tell her? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. Like, you, you kind of have to pick one style in order for it to work. And I think that's one of the reasons that people got frustrated, you know what I mean, with this overall. Or just, if you're JJ, don't say anything and just leave it up to interpretation. Yeah. Right, right. Don't open another mystery box, JJ. <laughs> he just loves them. He's like, I'm not ever going to tell you how like what's in yeah. there, but I'm just going to keep opening them. JJ is so lucky that he like had a lucrative film career because he otherwise would have just like just ruined his life buying like blind bags of action figures and toys. <laughs> it's like what could be in there? I don't know. I'm gonna find out. A boat's a boat, but a mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. <laughs> Do you think JJ like whenever he plays the Star Wars games, he's just like loot boxes are my favorite because you never know what's. <laughs> Oh, yeah, his kids definitely have his credit card on Xbox and just max them out. (laughs) Millions of dollars in loot boxes. He's like, I've actually already gotten Vader five times, but I might get him a sixth time. JJ actually has a separate iPad just for microtransaction (laughs) games. And so I want to bring up one more point 
before we get to our big one. Uh, but our one more, is, and I was just thinking about this because we're talking about J.J. and just the nature of J.J.'s filmmaking. I think part of what really hurt this movie, and so full disclosure, I've not watched Lost, but you see two alum from Lost and what they put out this year. You have Watchmen, which is one of the greatest single seasons of television I've ever watched. And then you, from Lindelof, who was on Lost, and then you have J.J., who is wrapping up a nine-film saga, and it feels pretty surface level. And it just, I don't know, just seeing what Watchmen was compared to what Rise of Skywalker was and what it could have been if they hadn't been so damn scared to make some of these bolder choices. Mm-hmm. It, it just wasn't, it wasn't bold. Let me, yeah. give me, give me Finn and Poe and love. Come on. It's there the entire <laughs> trilogy. It is there the entire time. Give us a kiss. They seem to like give Poe a love interest specifically to like combat Oscar Isaac. Yeah. And, like I tried to make him gay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do I it, really baby. Tried. I know the law. Yeah. <laughs> Though I did love Poe's look at the end, like when they're celebrating, mm-hmm. when he looks at the door, he's like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did think that was good. But I mean, what was so better or so much better than that is when when he sees Finn running up to him and he gives him that point and goes into the hug, you're like, there it is. There's your moment where you could have put that in. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine if they would have like like kind of hinted at it but not really hinted at it the entire series and then just had them kiss at the very end? Oh god. Like, <laughs> And just just with the line like, can you believe we've been dating for six years? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, Ty, what's your major point you want to talk about? The big one. And we talked about it off mic before we started. It is now canon because of this movie. Palpatine (laughs) fucks. (laughs) Okay. 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 I am. I, I have somewhat of a defense for this. Let's hear it. Okay. In the prequels. Riley's like, he cute though. <laughs> in, in the prequels, we learn that Sheev Palpatine is a man that cares about the government. He cares about the arts. He attends many Cirque du Soleil type events. This man is a romancer. <laughs> he likes the arts. He, he would show a woman a good time. He would show somebody a good time. Um... He can do magic tricks. <laughs> I mean, Anakin won Padme over with floating a pear across the table. <laughs> so think of somebody strong as the force of the emperor. He'd put on like a whole firework show and have it spell out, show me them feeties. Hello, sweetie. What would you like off your Amazon wish list? <laughs> Wait, are you saying, are you telling me that Palpatine is a pay pig? <laughs> Palpatine, absolutely a pay pig. <laughs> What is your OnlyFans account? <laughs> I've spent 10 million units on OnlyFans this month alone. <laughs> okay, so here's here's I have some real some real concerns with this, right? So, how old cuz cuz And this is where I'm going too. I right? know where you're in going. In the prequels, in the prequels he's what 55? Yeah, 60, 55 60 probably. prime of his career. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and he becomes all shriveled at the end of the prequels, right? Yes. Okay, so then, however many years later, Obi-Wan is at least 40 years older, right? 
Yeah, 30, that, 40. Don't you think? Yeah. yeah. It, was a, it was a hard period for him. He lives in the desert. Let's say, let's say, yeah, so let's say Obi-Wan Kenobi is charitable, 35 at the end of the prequels. Okay? That means that he's he's 70 or older, uh-huh. probably more like 80, you know, in the, the other series, the original series. Okay. So that means that Palpatine is at least 100 years old by the time that that starts. Right? Okay. And then there's it's probably, what, 30 or 40 years later to the new series, right? The new trilogy. So Palpatine is, what, 140 years old? Uh-huh. Also, just okay. force lightning to hell by this point. Right. From so, Mace Windu. So, so exactly how old is Palpatine when he... When he creates his... Are we... Do we know which one? Like, are we saying it's his son? Did they say that? See, we don't even know for sure if it was his son or daughter. Yeah. Okay, I mean, so it opened he, up a whole can of worms of, well, why didn't they... Why did they defect and... Why did the Emperor just be like, all right, fine. <laughs> so the timeline more matches up that he would have can, he would have been with somebody and they would have conceived a child in the original series. Around a new right? hope, yeah. Right, around a new hope. Mm-hmm. So he's around 100 years old, shriveled. Just plowing. Just clapping cheeks. Hey, Hugh Hefner <laughs> did it. <laughs> yeah, but it just... Force erection. Don't... <laughs> Don't worry, I'll choke myself. <laughs> he just waves his hand and says, "You don't know. You don't notice my shriveled penis." <laughs> okay, so the dark side I, is a path to many kinks. Some consider unnatural. <laughs> don't no no no. Don't kink shame. <laughs> Send me the socks you wore on your peloton yesterday. <laughs> okay, so. I just I, we just need to figure out the timeline because he's having kids in the original, uh, se- you know, original series. When's he doing that? Is, there's never anybody around to make us think that that's who he's going to be with. Did that person fall in love? Is there a weird relationship there where, you know what I mean? They're not really into it, or what's going on here? Because it's it just seems weird. There's so many things that have to have had happened for Ray to be a Palpatine, could've, unless he's forced conceiving like he did with everybody else. Could have yeah. been could have been a, a test tube baby. And that's yeah, but honestly, that's she's the a most baby, likely thing. No, no, if she's a no, test tube baby, then definitely she's a Skywalker. No, no, no. I'm saying uh, Ray's parents, or whichever one is Palpatine's offspring, could have been a test tube baby. You know what I mean? A long, long time ago, the very first in vitro fertilization. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there was a period of time where Palpatine did try and raise his kid? I just kept getting frustrated. I can't go to your soccer game today. I sold the minivan to pay for my only fan subscription. What do you mean you don't know how to read? It's easy. <laughs> if you're going to use Snapchat, your location must stay on so I know where you are. <laughs> if you're going to have sex or drink, do it under my roof. <laughs> You get your car keys back when we know we can trust you again. <laughs> give me give me a Boy Meets World type sip, sitcom <laughs> of learn your lessons each episode in the Palpatine Tarkin household. is just the Feeny. Yeah. <laughs> Vader is definitely the Sean of the show. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> There's another angle where Vader and the son, like, wouldn't they be roughly the same age? Yeah, so... And, like, if we dive into that, it is so canon that... 
Palpatine did have other apprentices other than Vader um, as backup plans. So it's not totally out of the question that one of these was Palpatine's son or daughter. Um, it, but they, Vader meets a couple of them, and it does not go well. Well, and, and, I mean, we just like it just opens up so much that I don't know. It's just a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, once they did it, and once I got past, like, oh, that's what's happening, then I was able to enjoy it. But it's just, it really does change so much about his interaction with everybody, right? Because all of the stuff has been, like, a very, um, like, father-driven relationship, right? Like, right. he's got a, a father-son dynamic with all of his apprentices before. And so if there's one that's, like, actually biologically and or test tube baby his... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you just kind of are like, I just don't understand why that would never have been a thing that was covered before. And obviously, it's never covered before because it was just thought of by J.J. like three weeks before the movie well, ended, you know what I mean, <laughs> came out. It could have been could have been an Adonis situation. Palpatine's just hiding his son from the galaxy. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if J.J. originally had the plan to make Rey a Palpatine or if he, it was something he made a decision on after... Or like when so he started writing nine, because I, I think, think something it was that when he started been, writing nine, something that would have been really cool or made this a lot smoother was would be like to have Ray find out she's a Palpatine in the beginning of the trilogy, and then you have the three movie arc of her figuring out how to deal with it and overcoming the expectations of her name. Right. Because well, then, then it's a subversion of both families, right? Because right. it's a Skywalker that went bad, and it's a Palpatine that went good. Which, like, if if would have would have existed, then the final one probably would have paid off better, right? I think the other thing that's hard too is just like, which is an element of this, which is just that you just find out the Palpatine's alive in the crawl of three, right? Like, there's and then they repeat it again, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The crawl. So a message just, is going through the galaxy from El- Emperor Palpatine, <laughs> and then a message ten is minutes going later, hey, we're getting a message from Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's just it's it just seem it comes across as lazy storytelling, right? But mostly mm-hmm. because it doesn't really seem like it was the plan to begin with. It was that people got mad that Snoke died, and they're like, we don't want Kylo to be the big bad. We want him to be redeemed. And he can't be redeemed if there's not another big bad to actually fight against, which I don't think is true. It would have been really interesting to see them just keep Kylo as the big bad. And his final redemption could have happened at the very end, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So. All right. I think uh, we, we've hit an hour, so I think it's time that we move right along. We, uh, we, it, this was structured very similarly to the first act of Rise of Skywalker. There's a lot <laughs> of jumping around all in this first hour. So let's go ahead and get into our standout scene. Um, mine is just like a, it's like 10 seconds. And it's, I know people get mad about it because the like the last Jedi, they put out a call and nobody comes. And then they put out a call on this one and the entire universe comes. And the only difference is that Lando is doing it versus Leia. That's because he slept <laughs> with everyone in the universe. Yeah. Right. So, you know what I mean? Leia should have been the one to be able to command people, but but whatever it is, right? Um, even though that's a little hokey that nobody came in the second one but came in the third one, when they finally all show up and the music swells and you see all of the ships show up, like that was that was the like I didn't cry but like that was the moment for me that I was like ooh you know what I mean so yeah. that hit for me really well. Um, 
So I just like that specific scene. This one's tough. Um, I think I'm going to go with the duel on the Death Star. Um, we finally get like a full, like Ray and Kylo are both fully powered up, and we get like a full choreographed, neat, force-driven lightsaber fight. Um, and their stunts, and then it ends with the really cool, you know, Kylo and Han uh, con- conversation, confrontation, whatever you want to call it. So that's probably my favorite. I think I'm going to go with as as hokey as some parts are. I it's hard for me to even say that. It's I I don't know what my standout is, but a moment kind of building off that, Riley. I think I'll probably have to go with yours, but a moment that I still really love in this movie, and it's a very short. Um, it's when Ben is Ben's redeemed and he's coming to Exegol, and he. When he's ditched his uh, all his Kylo Ren shit, and he's just got his blaster, <laughs> yeah, and he's in his like comfy leisure wear. Um, <laughs> but from when we see the X-wing and the Tie Fighter standing or landed next to each other, and Ben comes down and Ben starts fighting, everything in that sequence is Ben being Han's son finally, and we haven't seen it until this point. But everything he does is pure one hundred percent Han Solo, which. I thought that was really cool because we finally, after three movies, did get to see what what he did get from his dad and why he is his father's son. Definitely. Yep. I have he even one... does the Return of the Jedi shrug when he gets the lightsaber. I have one note about that scene I was going to ask you guys earlier. I promise it'll be quick. Were you guys surprised that instead of Rey giving the saber to him so that he could fight like those other five guys, that it wasn't her giving it to him to strike down Palpatine so that he could absorb Palpatine's spirit instead. Like that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. And that's how I thought they're going to get around the idea of like absorbing the spirit was to have Kylo Ren do it as those guys were shooting him to effectively like have the Sith like kind of eat itself. And that's how, that's where I thought they were going to get to basically get around that loophole. And it's not that I didn't like what they did, but I I thought that would have been like a good way to like actually close up what they had said. I got you. How about uh, letdown scenes? Uh, the cave, like the with the big snake. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean uh, where they stole the basilisk from Harry Potter? I, I even <laughs> leaned over stole. to my dad and it's like, "Hey, isn't he supposed to be in the Chamber of Secrets?" <laughs> <laughs> and right before that, when they stole the sinking sand, where they all just have to relax oh, yeah. and they go down to the bottom. Yeah, I, that <laughs> part. Yeah, I, and the. Hey, make sure you watch Mandalorian because we definitely know how to heal people now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Riley, I think you brought it up after we first saw it and just how close to death is baby Yoda? Yeah. Cause you had this little baby that's given, <laughs> well, it didn't knock him on his ass when he, of course that's any time he uses the force. Yeah. But yeah, baby Yoda, any one more lethal heal and he's screwed. <laughs> all right let down scene for me i think is gonna be uh it's gonna be our guy hux just getting unceremoniously just tossed in the trash oh yeah that was rough see even so even though the line reading and the writing for him to have been the first order spy that was bad they just i'm the spy just very like 
went full Broadway with it. Um, but he like he, he was so showy. Uh, but the, like that was bad. But it made sense for him to have been the spy because he fucking hated Kylo. Yeah, like absolutely hated Kylo. But then to just get like blasted right away by Richard E. Grant, who Richard E. Grant was phenomenal in this movie too. Oh, I he was him. cool. But mm-hmm. just to have Hux blasted and totally taken out of the picture is just that's rough. It's a tough look for I, our guy. Yeah, I I yeah. stick with the idea that Hux should have been killed. Kylo should have just killed Hux in the Last Jedi, and just taken full control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because well, well and then because he... then they bring in pride and. It like it. I mean, it just it just puts Hux in a really weird spot. He he kind of loses command for a little bit, but there's never like any like official demotion. So they mm-hmm. should have just killed him and just had Pride come in for sure. Um, I think my letdown scene. It was the scene that made me go, "Oh, what the fuck!" The most in the theater, which is where they use the horse animals <laughs> to just gallop on the outside of the Star Destroyer. Um. There's there's almost no reason to do it. There's almost no reason to do it. I can't think of anything that you did with that that you couldn't have done with any other plot choice. And it it just made me like laugh out loud at the absurdity of it. Um, also, you can just take over like a turret gun on the outside and shoot it at its own ship. Why is there a manual control for a turret gun on the outside of a spaceship that's almost all? Because he has space? the force. Oh, it's because he worked for the first order. They know how it works. Yeah, but why would anybody design the ship that way to have it? Why? Why is there a? Why is there a spot to shoot a blaster in and destroy the Death Star? Yeah, great question. (laughs) Also, my other—I'm just going to pick that battle as my letdown scene, which is that apparently a single ship can destroy a pulse cannon, like the ones that can destroy planets, because Sori or whatever the fuck her name is, like, just destroys one with her own ship with no help. So, like, that's Babu Frick's alcoholic look kicking in there. So you only really needed like. 50 ships to go and blow, you know what I mean like you don't need an armada you just need them to go and blow up those cannons yeah but it looks cool know. yeah <laughs> yeah anyways that's my letdown one thing it's not really like a standout but one part I really liked about that scene was uh, Lando's line in it when they're trying to catch Finn and Janna and he's, I forget what he says exactly, but Lando just in a really cool way, he's like, well, why don't you let the fastest ship in the galaxy take care of it? Oh, yeah, he's like, uh, they're worried about getting over there, and uh, Poe's like, yeah, my, my ship's fast, and Lando's, not fast, not as fast as mine. And just God, he's flies so, God, in with he's the so cool. He is. <laughs> Shout out to Billy D. Williams for still keeping the character alive. God, he's just... He's perfect. He slipped right back into oh, that man. character. When they when he not, uh, did not miss a beat. No, when he's on when they're on uh Pasana, is that the desert planet? Mm-hmm. And he's you know, he's like, Send Leia my love. So oh, perfect. Man. How do you how do you explain how do you explain him not being involved in the first two movies though? He's just right? been doing his own thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Lando. No! Sorry guys. Uh the cat is currently on top of the T V. Oh, here and we that go. That has about an inch of space. You guys keep going. If you hear a crash, we'll edit it out. Well, keep talking. So, Jeff, let's just go in. We'll start our choices of the Donald Gleason Award. Um, per any, yeah, per any movie that has Donald Gleason in the movie, <laughs> <laughs> he is destined to win the award. Yeah. 
I mean, he definitely got a, a rough cut in this movie. Um, he didn't really get to do very much, to be totally honest. Um, he gets demoted. Um, and he doesn't really he get demoted. Right he just gets, like, cucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <clears throat> uh, he certainly does not have uh, the chitzba that he used to, for sure. Um, I think the only other person that I would have liked more of is... Um, like the Spice Runner crew, I think could have yeah. been cool mm-hmm. to explore. Um, Bobby Frick was great, um, but you know what I mean. Like I thought that was a really cool, and that's what I was talking about earlier with the post stuff. Is I actually thought a lot of that worked. I just would like to see more of that. Like you could do a standalone, honestly, with just Oscar Isaac, like in mm-hmm. the Spice Running days for sure. It it would have been better for us to have been introduced to Poe having kind of a shady past in Force Awakens. Yeah, agreed. And just instead of immediately being the resistance best pilot. Yep. <laughs> hey man, he's better than Wedge Antilles. Shout out Jameson. Uh, that, feel free that to is DM a statement us. to make. Yeah, <laughs> but that's designed note, to make one of our friends drive off the road. Shout out to JJ to for bringing Wedge back. Yeah. Um, which that I understand was, was actually was a really phenomenal. tough get because I think I read somewhere that they were trying to do that before. And the actor, I forget his name, didn't want to do it. Oh, he's talked all kinds of shit about Star Wars. Yeah, so <laughs> congrats. He's actually Ewan McGregor's uncle and told Ewan not to do Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. But then but then he saw Ewan's uh, standalone TV series contract money, and he's like, <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> Maybe. Ewan came to Thanksgiving just bawling the fuck out, and he's like, all right, you know what? Dripping Consider the gold it. chains. All right, so All right. what do we got left? I think since we are going to, because it's Star Wars, we're going to skip over who the hell is this for for this episode. I think we're going to wrap up with ratings. I think this movie is a seven for me. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting like right at a seven, flirting with a six and a half, but I think I'm going to pot it right at a seven because I also gave Phantom Menace a seven. I think these movies are right on par with each other. Gotcha. I think I think this is better than Phantom Menace, but I, I get where you're going. Um, so Phantom Menace was good. So I'm, I'm gonna go Phantom Menace up to an eight. <laughs> I'm gonna go seven point seven five. Um, <laughs> well, he- hear me out. In a ten point scale, I would give it a seven and a half, and in a five star scale, I give it four out of half, four out of five stars. So seven and a half, eight. You got seven point seven five. This is solely because a letterbox has been breaking your brain. <laughs> well, it's just not enough room <laughs> to differentiate ratings. It is a lot tougher. I will agree. But I don't know. At least I didn't give this like a 12 out of 15 parsecs. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate you staying on yeah, our, we, our regular scale. We are scale. lucky for that. Lord knows how close we were. Anyway, this has been another episode of Who the Hell is This For? Thank you guys for listening, and may the force be with you.